You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And we are coming off that post-draft high. I <sighs> have been waiting for that day for way too long. I miss it. I want to go back. <laughs> after the, you saw me, like, after the first <laughs> night, I was like, I don't want it to be over. Can we I, go back? It's not even about fantasy purposes for me. Like, I just love the NFL draft for the NFL. Like, I love watching football, and I love to see where each of these great players are headed to. Full disclosure, I really just like to get, see these guys get, like, emotional about oh, their futures. Amazing. And you literally see these guys' lives change in a single moment, which is absolutely incredible. I feel like there's nothing like watching the NFL draft. I miss the green room where you, you got to see, like, Aaron Rodgers on, like, a rotary phone. See, I don't miss that because I hated being, I I hated knowing before they got picked. So, but like if they found a way to edit it, you know, like, yeah, like afterwards, if they would show you, yeah, where I got to see the guy get the phone call. Like, I want to see the guy get the phone call. That would be the best of both worlds, not knowing the pick and then also getting to see the reaction afterwards. That would be pretty awesome. But we also didn't, like, we didn't even look at ESPN. So maybe they did it. They might have. Yeah. So we, we, if anyone's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it, we only watch NFL Network. We refuse to touch ESPN. Yeah. We have streaming issues with ESPN. It's it's sort of been a, a whole thing. A, they're just a terrible network. And B, when you try whoa. to even stream their whoa, sports, whoa, whoa. the only good thing that they do is actually show sports. You can't even watch it. So it's Also, like, we don't have cable. Yeah. We just yeah. do that out. We po. Um, anyway, what a weekend. We're in for a great podcast today. We're going to be talking about running backs and wide receiver winners and losers of the 2019 NFL drafts, whether they're the rookies that were actually drafted or the veterans with their, their, uh, spots, perhaps on the line. We're going to hit all of those spots today, but first let's get into some news and notes. So, um, first of all, the NFL news that we've been waiting for, we're not going to talk about draft news necessarily but gotta hit on this one here josh rosen traded to the miami dolphins fins up um for the 2019 62nd overall pick where they took andy isabella in a 2025th which is dirt basically it was a great great uh trade for miami oh absolutely Arizona kind of got screwed, but what else did they expect? Are you saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't like the future of Miami? I like Fitzpatrick. I, I love do. Fitzpatrick. For, I think he's a fun guy. He's more fantasy relevant though than actual NFL. He's just got a personality. I want to watch play football. No, yeah, he's a lot of fun. But I think Miami Dolphins get a, a steal here. I don't even like Josh Rosen. I really, really don't. I don't either. I, I also have a really stronger feeling against him because he didn't want to come to the Cleveland Browns last year and haha anyone would want to come to the Cleveland Browns He's, now this he year. was kind of a brat and I think I think that he was a all huge worked brat. out 
for the best. But, I mean, the stats from 2018 are startling. 11 touchdowns to 14 interceptions, 10 fumbles. He just was not taking care of the ball whatsoever. He was actually ridiculous with his amount of takeaways. He just he (sighs) he really threw an interception or fumble in every play. And I get he had nobody around him. He didn't have an offensive line. He had the worst ranked offensive line per pro football focus. Yes. And that sucks. But you know who also had a terrible offensive line is Deshaun Watson. And you didn't see him making these mistakes. True. But it was his rookie season. So let's give him that. No, no. And I am going to give him that. That's why I still think Miami Dolphins got a steal because you're giving up a very late second round pick. I love that they traded back before they would be willing to trade their pick. That was amazing to me. They weren't willing to trade their second round pick. So they're like, you know what we'll do? We'll trade back all the way to the last one of the last picks in the second round. We'll get some assets to help us and then we'll give you our second round pick. So they did that. It was a smart football move. Very smart football move. They get a quarterback that at least has potential. I do think Rosen can be at least better than what he was last year. We'll see. We'll see what can happen. Is Rosen really going to be in a better situation though? I I don't know that I think he's in a worse situation. At least in his first year. So you see, you know, he was in a, a very poor offensive line situation. The Miami Dolphins haven't really made many moves when it comes to offensive line, and I think they had the second worst, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me. Um, They took an offensive lineman in the third and sixth round, which isn't like pouring your draft capital in. wasn't a huge priority for them. Worst wide receivers, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, worst Kenny wide Stills, um, Worst running Delonte back. Parker. I, I like Kenyon Drake, but he's not David Johnson. No, so I, I don't know that this helps Josh Rosen's fantasy value for 2019, but it's just something to watch. Um, if Miami can build around him, they've got a steal in the draft. Um, but I definitely think they need to make the the investment in the offensive line, which I think is a key to Rosen's development as a quarterback. Um, moving on, Doug Baldwin is considering retirement. Michelle, wipe that tear from your eye. You know there's no tear. I have never been a huge Doug Baldwin supporter. Even when he was great, was he really? Was he really that great? He was He was great. He had his moments. He hasn't had any seasons over 100 receptions. He's not that kind of guy. But the Seahawks have drafted three wide receivers in the 2019 NFL Draft. I feel I, terrible that he has to retire because of injury. That's never a way to. He you was a very solid. He was a very solid wide receiver. I wish him the best of luck. I hope he can come back. I'm just talking straight up fantasy. He was never. Don't touch on my him. Radar. Yeah, no, even if he miraculously comes back, don't don't waste your pick. Nope. I'm sorry. Yeah. I you love you, like, Doug oh my Baldwin. God, he fell to the ninth round. Don't do it. May don't you rest in it. peace for fantasy purposes. That's terrible. Anyway, Darius Geis coming off uh, ACL tear. Um, Jay Gruden says he's coming along slower than expected. Don't love that. Which is weird for coach speak, right? Because it's always Usually like, they hype their players up. They are doing the best they possibly could at this stage. Oh, he's so far ahead of schedule. I can't believe it. Um, they've locked Adrian Peterson up for another two years. They draft Bryce Love in the early fourth. It's not like a super high pick, but... 
it seems like an insurance policy. They still pick. have Chris Thompson. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's super interesting. And it just makes me wonder what they feel like Geis will be able to contribute in 2019. It definitely drafts or lowers his draft stock for redraft purposes. Redraft, I would not take him. I was already at that spot before the draft. And then Gruden says these comments. Then they draft a running back in the fourth round. It just makes me nervous, and I'm sure he can be great in two to three years, but after an ACL tear, normally... It takes a little bit of time. It does take time for them to come back to their normal selves. He doesn't have experience in the league. I would not touch him with a 10-foot pole in redraft. Dynasty is a different situation if you want to take a chance on him. What about an 11-foot pole? Nope. Not even 15. Wow. Yeah. Hater, raider. And on uh, some sadder news and notes, I hate to discuss this literally at all, but from a fantasy perspective, I kind of feel like we have to talk about it. Tyreek Hill. Yikes. I I don't even, I don't have an audio clip that I can match up with no. this sort of scenario. And you wouldn't even want to. No, it's gross. Um, Audio clips were released by a local Kansas City news station of a conversation between presumably Tyreek Hill and his fiance regarding the investigation of child abuse. Um, Although Hill does deny these allegations of him in this sound clip, he does openly threaten his fiance in the recording. If that is, in fact, Tyreek Hill and his fiance, which we sort of are under the assumption that it is. Um, he's been barred from all team activities. So you have to imagine that the Kansas city chiefs are taking this very seriously. They drafted a wide receiver in the second round. They've already reacted to Kareem hunt. They've just traded for Frank Clark. I cannot imagine. I am. This is the only thing I'm going to say on the situation. I'm sick of needing evidence to care for people that care. That's what I'm sick of. I'm sick of needing a video. I'm sick of needing audio. I'm sick of needing, like, it's just ridiculous. Like, you shouldn't need this gross audio clip. We don't trust anybody until it's out there, and it always comes out. Well, you don't want to trust the the word against this guy who can win you a fantasy season. That's what it comes down to. You don't want to trust the guy that already choked out his pregnant girlfriend. Before the NFL. Before the NFL draft. And that's what makes me think. He could have changed. So this is all a lie. What what alarms me, and again, this is just from a, a fantasy perspective. I am a pediatric nurse. First and foremost, the child safety comes one hundred percent first. But I am a human being. I'm person. a fan, I'm a human being first, <laughs> and uh, safety of a child comes before fantasy. Absolutely, and I'm not touching Tyreek Hill in literally anything. No, I don't. See and it's not him. about moral standards. Either like yes, I don't want him on my team because I don't want to root he's for him. He's not going to play, but in he's not playing. Like, and he shouldn't be a pl- allowed he to play ever playing. again. Yeah, so that's what it comes down to. That's where we stand on that. In case anybody had any misgivings about what we think of that situation, and now I'm upset. Thank you for bringing this. I'm up. I'm sorry. Well, let's let's swing it up, right? Let's go on on a positive note. Today we're going to be discussing the 2019 NFL Draft. Um, we're going to be hitting on running backs and wide receivers today. We're going to be talking winners and losers of the draft. Again, it doesn't matter if you're talking about the rookie, you're talking about the vet, those rookies are trying to replace. We're going to be talking about them all. Um, but Michelle, you wanted to open up the segment with a little debate. 
So before we really get into our winners and losers, we, me and Kate, right, have a very serious debate going on about who is the first running back you take in the rookie draft. Oh, yeah, we do. So I say it's Miles Sanders. She I say says, it's Josh Jacobs. Yeah, she's all about Josh Jacobs. I'm all about Miles Sanders. They would both be our, like, Josh Jacobs would be my second and Miles Sanders would be your second, right? Absolutely. So they're both our one and twos, but we just have differences about who's the number one. We're going to be posting a Twitter poll just, yeah, just to get at you guys. Control, but let's first debate, you know, okay. before we get into our actual right. winners and losers. So, so let's hear about Miles and this this dude off the street, Miles Sanders. Give me a break. Okay. Who, so what's your argument there? Miles Sanders, Penn State, right? Oh, yeah. Penn he State. he was behind Saquon Bark. Do you, know, do you know his last name? Saquon Barktree. Mother effing. Because I'm going to be polite here. Oh, this is a family podcast. Barkley. Oh. That's who he was behind. Because So he couldn't get on Saquon the field. Barkley? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. That's who I mean. Sorry. So he couldn't get on the field until the very last year. What's the excuse for your dude? Why, why couldn't Josh Jacobs get on the field? I mean, he's been on the field and he's been incredible, but oh, has stick he to been your own argument. Field? Oh, okay. So good argument there back. He finally saw the field last year when Saquon Barkley was gone. He had 1,400 scrimmage yards and nine touchdowns. If you watch his video, if you watch his film, he does not go down on the first or second hit. He just doesn't. He's a beast. He is actually Saquon Barkley without being as dynamic as Saquon Barkley. I'm not going to say that. He's not as dynamic as him in the passing game, but he is a beast when he's running that ball. And I think he's falling into the same situation that James Conner's falling into. He has to replace Saquon Barkley, right? So he can't possibly be as good. He can't possibly be nearly as good. No one will look at him like he's anything special because he's supposed to be as good as Saquon Barkley. And clearly he's not going to be. The same thing that happened to James Conner with Le'Veon Bell. They're all trying to compare him to Le'Veon Bell. And obviously that's not fair. It's not Le'Veon Bell. That's not a fair comparison. You have to look at them differently. And Miles Sanders is different than Saquon Bell. Or <laughs> Saquon Bell. Hey, if you wow, put them that both like together, the that'd be amazing. Ever. Yes. But anyways, he's not <laughs> as good, obviously, as Saquon Barkley. But put him into a good offense like the Philadelphia Eagles. You have to just trust they're going to use him. I mean, that's the biggest thing there is that you hope that they don't put him in a running back by committee situation like they normally do. But they haven't had a dominant running back there for a very long time. So it's not something that you can even compare. I feel like they tried to do it with Ajayi when he first got there. He was just too injury prone. If you give yourself a Miles Sanders that can catch the ball, that can run the ball, I think that's what they want. I really do. And what does that mean for Jordan Howard? We'll talk about that later. But Yeah, we will. I love him in his situation. I love him with his talent. He went early enough that they want to use him. And I just think he got put in a bad situation where people are trying to compare him to Saquon Barkley, which isn't fair. All right, so I'm I'm gonna go sort of the opposite direction. You say you love his situation, and I I do not. I don't want to touch Miles Sanders' situation with a ten foot pole or a fifteen foot pole <laughs> for that matter. Okay. Um, Josh Jacobs' situation that is a situation that I want to I want to poke with like a two foot pole. Oh, or like a one foot pole. That so, seems a little naughty. <laughs> that's a naughty. That's a naughty uh, take here. But running backs are super easy to replace. Like I know you're talking about generational talent, Saquon Barkley. He's generational, but 
There are literally still debates on Twitter right now as to whether he should have been taken by the Giants with the 102. Because you know what? He didn't transform his football team. He had great production, but you can come across running back production if you put him in the right situation. Josh Jacobs is in that right situation. Doug Martin, not relevant. He's not on the team anymore. Josh Jacobs is the only guy in town that has that backfield to himself. He's got, um, you know, Antonio Brown lining up at wideout. Hello. Uh, Derek Carr, he's uh, got a quarterback. I'm not really bragging about that one, but he's a balanced running back. He can catch the ball. He can line up at wideout opposite Antonio Brown. He can run between the tackles. He's got the size to do it. He's... 5'10", 220 pounds. He can be a bowling ball. He can just fall into the offensive line and score you a touchdown. He can withstand you tackles. He's utilized in the passing. I, like, I can't think of a an argument against Josh Jacobs and the offense that he was drafted in when he is going to be the main guy. I'm going to talk about Who Jordan Howard Who do you think is going later. to score more points? The I, Philadelphia Eagles or the Oakland Raiders? I absolutely think the Philadelphia Eagles will score more points, but the issue is that you have too many people in the Philadelphia Eagles system to score points. Who do you think has a better offensive line, the Philadelphia Eagles or the Oakland Raiders? Absolutely Philadelphia Eagles, but how many how many running backs do the Philadelphia Eagles have under contract right now? They have seven. Yeah, but when you're counting Josh Adams, Wendell Smallwood... Jordan Howard, everybody's off-season favorite signing. Okay. Jordan Howard. Don't roll your eyes at me. Do not roll your eyes at me. You were so hyped on Jordan Howard. If he was the main guy there, for sure, but he's not. I mean, they what would they trade for him? A fifth or sixth? Like, I'm Just not, admit I'm not worried that about the it. bodies. Corey Clement, I'm not worried the about The bodies there impact fantasy value because they Talent are all going to get to the top. They do rise to the top, but I'm sorry. The Eagles like to utilize the running back by committee approach, and I'm I am not believing otherwise until I see it. Okay, so we clearly just need to agree to disagree. We're going to post this on Twitter. Let us know who won this argument: Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders for your running back. We'll say one hundred and one. You know, if you don't want to pick a wide receiver one hundred and one, but this would be your your top running back in rookie drafts. Who would you have? Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs or, you know, there could be totally somebody else. Again, Miles Sanders, Michelle, Josh Jacobs, Kate. You know who to vote for. Michelle. Kate. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into our, our draft winners. We're going to start this segment off. We're going to be talking winners and losers. Start with winners. Let's start on a positive note, okay? After all that hostility, I really want to just, I, I want some positive vibes. Um, let's get into that. All right, Michelle and I are going to discuss our favorite winners and losers from the 2019 NFL draft. We're going to do it draft style just to keep in tune with like the the theme of the 2019 NFL draft. We're going to be determining our draft order. I know there's only two of us, but bear with me. We're going to be determining our draft order uh, by cracking open a beer. We're going to split that beer in two. Because we're ladies. Yeah, we can't do a whole beer. I mean, come on. We want to make it through this podcast. Yeah. 
We're going to crack open a beer. We're going to split the beer 50-50, right down the middle. Right down the middle. Whoever chugs their beer fastest wins. I think I got you. Like, oh. I think I have this. No. So right. we're... <laughs> We're going to crack. I have my beer. Do you have yours? I, I got my beer, but right. we're each going to pour half right. of that beer yeah, we, into We the also cup. have a glass. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna, That's like the most like non-manly thing to do is that we have glasses. We here. have to be proper. Yeah. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Pour it in. It has to be fair. It has to be fair. So don't <laughs> cheat here. All right. If you can hear it, you know, it sounds very nice. I... Do you want to tell everyone what we're drinking right now? Mickey Ultra. Mickey Ultra. All right. Okay. Yeah, you're definitely it. cheating. <laughs> I'm absolutely, I, no. Wait, let me see it. All right. Okay, all right no, fine. I'm pretty sure I, I out beard you. Okay. So, I feel like this isn't exactly a 50-50 pour, maybe like a 57 no. If, any, if anything, you're winning here. All right. So <laughs> we're good. Are you ready to chug? I so am. You might not hear anything for the next five seconds. Hopefully we can chug five? a half of beer in five okay. seconds. Right? All right. That should we cheers? really long. All right. One, two, three. Uh, no. Ugh. Gross. That was me. You won? Yeah, it was me. I guess you won by like a split <laughs> second. Guys, I, I was mean, very was close. Very cl- it's a half a beer. It's going to be close. I won though. Sorry. Fine. I'll let her have the first pick because I'm, <laughs> I'm nice that way. All right. Whew, now I'm feeling good. Um, all right. That was fun. Tell us what you're drinking at home. Um, <clears throat> some hair on my chest for this <laughs> next pick. From your Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's calm down. <laughs> Anyway, um, so for my winner pick, my number one winner pick, I'm going to go with the new Patriot wide receiver, Nikhil Harry. Welcome to the Pats, my man. Oh, I'm happy you wasted your first pick with that, so it's fine. Oh, I'm so sorry you think I wasted my first pick on that. Do you know in the Bill Belichick era, the Patriots have never drafted a wide receiver in the first round? That's pretty insane. That's that's a great like step. what is there anybody Fact. smarter when it comes to football no i love belichick i love tom brady the patriots play chess and we all play in checkers for real yeah i'm yeah, sorry yeah. i trust every move that the patriots make i hate the patriots because of this fact i just don't i don't trust it um but They've literally never drafted a wide receiver in the first round under Bill Belichick. And here they are drafting a wide receiver with the last pick in the first round. He makes explosive plays. He ranked second in his draft class when it comes to contested catches. He can man up and grab a ball, which you need. Okay, so this is my thing with Nikhil Harry. I think he has a super high floor, but a super low ceiling because of the offense he's in. Like, people will go back and say, Randy Moss. Okay, great. That was a very long time ago. People will say, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks actually had one of his worst years, actually his worst year in his career, besides his rookie year, if you're not going to count that, in the New England offense. Like, by a good margin. But I think he saw the same amount of targets, but way less yards, which is kind of scary. You'd rather him just not have as many targets. Because it's like, why is he getting such less yards on the same targets? Brady likes to dink and dunk. He does. And you know what? Edelman is not young. He's not going to last in that offense forever. Nikhil Harry can, 
play multiple roles in that offense. I like what he can do under the coaching staff and development. And I like that he's he is going to have a role carved out for himself in that offense because you know what? They don't have anybody else there. He's a winner because I see his floor being 700 yards. Like I really think he's going to be a very good rookie wide receiver 700 800 yards and i also see a ceiling being 900 yards like it is so close his floor and ceiling are so close this year and next year i mean they just don't like to throw long it's all about the spot for me it's going to be a lot about the touchdown receptions can he be explosive in the end zone can he get those targets that gronk was receiving back in the day I think his contested catchability makes him that. Can Tom Brady stay healthy in his, what, 42nd year old season? I, I know we were keep... literally going to say 42nd season. I was <laughs> no. like, well, yeah, probably. I mean, I know we keep saying, like, can he stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? And he keeps staying healthy. But, like, let's just say he goes down. I mean, Brady's run off everybody for backup. So, like, what happens then? I don't know. I, I, I'm a little bit nervous about Nikhil Harry. I think people are very, very excited about his landing spot. I wouldn't be as excited about his landing spot. It's not just the landing spot, but it's where they utilize their draft capital in the landing spot. I still think he's a winner. There could have been way worse places to go. I just would not think about him at the 101. And people are. But he's so, definitely a top five pick for so sure. So clearly you're glad that I picked Nikhil Harry for my top winner. Who's your top winner since it's apparently not Nikhil Harry? <laughs> my top winner is easily Devonta Freeman. I love it. I love it for him. Going after a vet here. Yeah, I was already high on him uh, before the draft. And then he got a little nervous a couple days before because you're like, oh my goodness, what if Atlanta does take a running back? Draft day jitters. Yeah. And, uh, and then they don't take a running back till the fifth round. And then they take another one in the sixth round. Nothing but to worry about. what about Edo Smith? Yeah. Edo Smith had his chance and he very much failed. It was Aww. bad. I had him. I had him. I was excited, you know? Oh my goodness. Edo Smith has his chance. No, he, he did. And he failed. Stop talking about Edo Smith. Rude. But anyways, the be- the best thing not is for Devonta Freeman. It's not that they didn't just draft a running back until the mid fifth. It's also that they focus on fixing their offensive line. Like that was their main focus, and they did it, and it's awesome. We'll see if they can produce, but that was their main focus. They drafted those offensive linemen, and that can only help the running game. The last time Freeman was healthy with with Coleman not getting too much of the touches, he had. 1,541 total yards and 13 touchdowns. That's decent. If you give me close to that production again, I'm totally willing to take him in late fourth, early fifth where he's going right now. I think he will be a steal. And he I love is. It. He's an absolute bargain in dynasty drafts right now. He just went in the late fourth, I believe, in one of my startups. Um, Can we talk about he's getting? He gets lead back work. You can't. Who's getting more hype right now, David Johnson or Devonta Freeman? Definitely David Johnson. By how much? Oh, by like two a rounds. Lot. Two rounds. Yeah, absolutely. David Johnson can still be this great running back, right? Mm-hmm. He has so much potential. He does. Guess who's older than the other? Is DJ older than Freeman, or is Freeman older than David Johnson? Well, I surely don't know. Yeah. DJ. David Johnson is older than Devonta Freeman. Shocking. Only by a couple months. Don't get me wrong, but I love how David Johnson still has all of this potential to be great, and Devonta Freeman is just a nobody. 
And when you look at sort of like time loss for injuries, they both sort of lost like a season for injuries, lost a season for total touches. Like Devonta Freeman, who was never fully healthy, did get carries last year, but was placed on the IR relatively early on in the season. I like the pick. No Coleman. He's going to get his 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 targets, right? Yeah. He's a better running back than Coleman. And I think he's going to be awesome in this offense that has a better offensive line, has Matt Ryan. They get to play in a dome, like almost all of their games. It's pretty insane if you go look at it. I think their offense is going to be dynamic. Freeman's going to have so many chances to score, to stay on the field, to see targets. I love him this year. I love the pick. Not Nikhil Harry, but it'll do. Um, I'm going to come up with my next pick, Devin Singletary to Buffalo. I do love this pick, and I'm very jealous you just got him. Lots of bodies in Buffalo, right? Not a lot of promise when it comes to those who can actually take over a lead back spot. I know we have uh, Mr. Mr. LaShawn McCoy, who's a just an angel. God bless him. Um, Devin Singletary, he's a shorter guy. He's only 5'7", has the weight. He's 203 pounds. He's a, he's a big boy for his height. Um, you know, you, you want a, a big fat that little man to run run the lines who can actually have speed but um you know McCoy's always on the brink of like season ending injuries every single play of the game I don't think he's a threat any longer in the Buffalo offense they've got Marcus Murphy who showed flashes but he's 27 years old he hasn't showed himself enough to get more than 50 carries per season they need a running back for the future this is a position that can easily become relevant in a rookie season. I'm all in on Devin Singletary solely because of the offensive opportunity. I love the offensive opportunity for Devin Singletary. And I think the the Bills offense, when it comes to Josh Allen, who averaged seven yards per rushing attempt last season, he's going to open up lanes. I love the opportunity. Give me all of the Devin Singletary. See, I love Devin Singletary, too. His height and weight does scare me a little bit. It's a little bit small for the NFL, but I he's love... He's chunky for his height. Yeah, he's chunky for his height, which is good. I do love the offense he's in. Like, I, do, I, I love the Bills offense. I think what both a weird of you, thing to say about the I Bills know, offense. I know, but we both do. We love Josh Allen. We love how he opens up the offense. I like the wide receiver pieces they brought in. I, you and me both believe that they'll be a pretty dominant offense in the next few years. Like Absolutely. A couple of years. So I don't think LaShawn McCoy can stay healthy for a full year. I was excited about TJ Yeldon for a second, but once they draft a guy in the third round, not so much. I love this landing spot for Devin Singletary, and I think he could be really great. So I like that pick by you. Thanks. Stop it. All right. My next pick is with Deontay Foreman, right? Another veteran that got help because their team didn't draft a running back in the draft. Running back for the Houston Texans. Yeah. For those of you who don't know. They didn't take a running back until the seventh round. But what about Lamar Miller? He can't stay healthy, A. And when he is... He really hasn't shown that much promise, like that much flash. He's okay. He's okay. You know what I mean? He's the Pam Beasley of the office. Hey, I'm just taking that out of here. I'm taking that from the office. I'm taking that from your uh, article about the office. 
Leave me alone. Pam Beasley is a beast. He's okay. Pam Beasley is Lamar Miller. Though. He's good at everything, but he's not great at anything. Yeah. Which is kind of mean to Pam Beasley. I kind of feel bad to say that. But that's who Lamar Miller is. She he's- never carved out her role. And I don't really think Lamar Miller did either. Like, he never became this power back. He never became, like, the this guy that that led a powerful offense. He was never the rushing attack. He was never the face of the Houston Texans. Alfred Blue's gone now. He's in Jacksonville. That's positive, yeah. They focused on fixing their line. They took two early uh, round picks on offensive linemen. Okay. I think Foreman's going to get his chance. I'm not saying just because he gets his, his chance he'll be great, but I think he is an awesome running back. I'm not too scared about his Achilles injury. They That's what him- has me nervous. We just don't – we haven't seen anybody at that position come back from an Achilles tear. But nobody can give me a running back that was young, that tore his Achilles, that his season was over – or his career was over because of it. It just doesn't happen. Like – I can't think of anyone recently. I keep asking people to tell me who is someone that's 22 years old that tore their Achilles and couldn't come back that was already in the NFL and, like, starting something. I don't think it happens often. I think uh, modern medicine is an awesome thing. Pretty they, good. They gave him a full year plus to recover. Like, he had a whole off season, then a whole entire year of the NFL, and then a whole entire off season to recover. Like if you can't recover now, I don't I don't know when you can. So They did they did give him some limited touches at the end of last year. I think he had uh average negative it was 0.14 yards it, per carry. It was not good. Their offensive line was terrible. He was just coming back from injury. Most people aren't good right after injury. Like you got to get some rest off of you. Okay. That's fine. I think he's going to have the opportunity. I think he's a beast. His college stats were pretty awesome. Uh, I think talent wins out here, and I think Foreman's more talented Miller at this point in their career. Awesome. Okay, so can I cheat here? Go ahead. All right, so I want to take two here. Oh, I don't know about that. I want to take two. Okay, I'm going to say them before you get the chance. DK Metcalf, Nicole Hardman. I guess so. At least you're going with both rookies. Fine. (laughs) Okay, so um, I'm going to steal these two because we're getting towards the end of this draft. I don't want to worry about it. I don't want you to steal my guys. Um, DK Metcalf projected in the top 10 NFL first round picks for many. He fell to the end of or end of the second round. I think he was the last pick of the second round. Russell Wilson can throw the deep ball as accurately as anybody in the NFL. DK Metcalf is perfect for that. So we saw in his combine, he struggles changing direction. He can't, he's not a professional route runner. And you know what? That's fine. Run in a straight line as fast as you can. And Russell Wilson is going to get you the ball. I love this fit for him. I think it is perfect. And the Seahawks got him at the perfect moment in the draft. Love it. I think it was a steal for Seattle. I'm not even a huge DK Metcalf fan, but because he ended up in the Seattle Seahawks offense where Doug Baldwin's probably going to be retiring, unfortunately, for him, I really like the fit, and I think Russell Wilson can do great things with him. I would take him in the first six picks in the rookie draft, right? Rookie dynasty. Which is ironic because I feel like both of us were pretty low on DK Metcalf. I just think the fit is so great that I don't want to pass it up. Nicole Hardman... I I won't get into it too much because I know I sort of cheated by taking him, but I just think that Q 
Kansas City taking him where he went in the early second tells us a lot about Tyreek Hill and what they feel the ramifications are for whatever comes of the situation. I feel like they're prepping. They're prepping for an offense without Tyreek Hill. And I want the guy that's going to be a part of the Kansas City offense. They can make anybody fantasy relevant. I don't think that he will be fantasy relevant this year. I just think that I want the Tyreek Hill replacement or whoever they feel like is going to fill that role. I actually think he has a chance to fill that role this year. Not be Tyreek Hill, but be a very big part of their offense. If they don't have Tyreek Hill, I think Nicole Hardman will be a very big part of this offense this year. I mean, they're going to need him. I don't think Sammy Watkins is even capable of staying healthy for an entire season. Yeah. He doesn't have that in him. Yeah. Then they have Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Who else? Demarcus Robinson. Cool. Like, I like his chances too, but... So you're saying he needs to be a part of it. Necessity that he will become relevant. Yeah. Okay. I like him. All right. I just realized we sort of went rookie vet, rookie vet here. That was not intentional. Yeah, because um, my I think last, your, yeah, your my, last person on your list is is Marlon Mack. So my last person on my list is another veteran. I think I went three veterans. I like me some veterans, you know. I, I like possibility. You want yeah, you like the potential. Yeah. I mean, I do like all of those picks you made, um, but Marlon Mack is another veteran that really won after this draft. Everyone was so worried. Like, does Indianapolis really believe that they have their great running back? And I think this draft proves it. If not the offseason and in free agency when they didn't go after Le'Veon Bell. Like, they had plenty enough cap space. They could have... They could have easily afforded him if they wanted him to be a part of that offense. They're a Super Bowl caliber team. Absolutely. If they just had Le'Veon Bell, that would even be better. And they didn't even go after him. That really shows what they believe in Marlon Mack. And then you have them go into this draft and you're like, okay, maybe they just don't want to pay for a running back. No, they still just stayed uh, stayed away from the running backs, which is a really good sign for Marlon Mack. I listened to people before last year that I shouldn't have. Because I watched him in 2017, and I was like, this dude looks pretty dynamic. You know, the little amount you got to see him, I really thought he was a dynamic-looking running back. And then I would listen to other people who said Marlon Mack is not a thing. He's not going to be a thing for 2018. I kind of got off of him. And now I regret that because I saw his potential, and I'm going to just stick with that now in 2019. I think he can be an awesome running back in this league. He had 908 yards on the ground and nine touchdowns. He only played 12 games. That was in 2018 last year. That's awesome. That's pretty impressive. He plays 16 games. He's a top 10 running back easily. And I think he can be a top six running back. I, I'm a little, I'm a little uneasy to say top five. So I say, <laughs> I say six, but he has that potential in that offense. I really like him. And I think also this makes Nike, Naheem Hines, even a good PPR stash. Um, for Absolutely. Leaks. Yeah. I like that. Um, before we get into our 2019 NFL draft losers, let's check out a word from our sponsors. With the 5, 10, 50, and 100 times the money scratchers from the Virginia Lottery, you get more times the excitement. Because with the Times the Money series of scratchers, you get the chance to multiply your winnings. Like if I were to multiply how many times I said the word multiply, multiply, multiply. Okay, but it's much more exciting than that. Because it's multiplying money, 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 like that. 
Look for the Times the Money family of scratchers today. All right, since my beer chugging ability got me the first overall pick in our winner's draft, Michelle, I'm going to hand it over to you for the first pick of the loser's draft. Maybe that was my strategy the whole time. Oh. I just wanted the first pick in the loser's. You just wanted to savor that beer a little bit longer. Yeah. That's okay. So my first pick, and I think it's a pretty easy one, is I'm going to go with rookie Marquise Hollywood Brown. I... I'm very happy for the player. Like when you watched him get drafted and he was crying, he looked so happy. You're so happy that he... Obviously, I love a good cry. Yeah. He had the, a great cry. And <laughs> that's my favorite part of him getting drafted to the Ravens was his reaction. Like, he deserves it. He balled out in college. He deserves to make his money. Or were they of sadness? <laughs> that really could have been it. So we're going to talk about this a little bit, right? So he ends up with the Baltimore Ravens with <laughs> Lamar Jackson... <laughs> I want to just go through the top three wide receivers last year in 2018 top for three the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Yep. So John Brown, I would say, was their number one wide receiver last Love year. John Brown. With Joe Flacco, 601 yards and four touchdowns in nine games. Ball out. So 601 yards, right? With, with Lamar Jackson, 114 yards in seven games. So two less games, 500 less yards. That's a big difference. One touchdown. So three less touchdowns as well. And then you have Crabtree, right? Their second most productive wide receiver. 472 yards and two touchdowns in nine games with Flacco. With Lamar Jackson, 135 yards and one touchdown in seven games. Hmm. So more than 300 yards less Hmm. in two less games. And one less touchdown. And then you go with Willie Sneed if you really want to throw that in there as well. I feel like that was his favorite target. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, you would think. Because it seems like it's the only person he threw to. So you're like, oh, Willie Sneed must have done better. No, not even close. 448 yards with Joe Flacco. One touchdown, nine games. 203 yards, zero touchdowns in seven games Lamar Jackson. That means that Lamar Jackson threw a total of three touchdowns to his top three wide receivers in seven games. Yeah. I'm not trying to hate on Lamar Jackson. He can win the Baltimore Ravens games. The He's weird thing not is... not winning games by throwing to his wide receivers. And that's a weird thing that you have to worry about with him as your quarterback. Like, oh, he just doesn't use the wide receiver that much. This is football. <laughs> Like, it, it's a weird thing to worry about. Like and maybe putting, the Ravens aren't worried because, you know, they're only worried about wins. They don't care about fantasy football. And they, they, he does. He utilized the tight end very clearly, and he utilized but even his if you two go, legs. So people think that. And you go back to, the, uh, to Mark Andrews' stats, he did much worse with Lamar Jackson in there than Joe Flacco. So he, I don't really know what happened, why they were winning games. Their defense stepped up. He was running, 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 like – so many rushing yards for I, I the Ravens. I think a lot of that was just defenses didn't know what to do with Lamar Jackson. They they didn't see it before. They weren't game planning for that. He came in midseason. It also doesn't help that Marquise Brown is five foot nine, one hundred and sixty six pounds. A baby, so, I could cradle him <laughs> in my arms. No one's ever done this at his weight and height before. And you're okay with giving him the chance if it was an offense 
that, you know, you could at least see it. You but can plug him in. He yeah. has to beat a lot of obstacles here. He has to beat an offense that doesn't throw the wide receiver, that he's five foot nine, 166 pounds. At first I was thinking he reminded me of John Ross, right? Super dynamic. Both of them are super, super dynamic in college. So put up the stats, crazy explosive. And I was like, you know, I can compare him with John Ross. And John Ross has done nothing, you know, because injuries, which also, by the way, Marquise Brown, injuries. John Ross is five foot eleven and 190 pounds. That's a significant difference. That's 25 pounds heavier and two inches taller. And when you see John Ross out there, you're like, oh, my God, what's that little baby doing out in the field? <laughs> that makes me so scared for Marquise Brown at 25 pounds lighter and two inches shorter. I don't even want to know what he looks like. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not far away from that. <laughs> like, that is putting me out there. Like, I am not that far away from I mean, the height maybe, but, you know, like, <laughs> yikes. Yikes. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going out in that field and getting killed by NFL players. You'll get pummeled. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to touch that either. I love that pick. I hate you for taking him. I'm going to go with my pick, and this is probably not a surprising pick. Jordan Howard. I have been, um, what's the opposite of a hype train? Yeah, you've been all on this, like, underhyped train. Is that a thing? <laughs> underhyped train. I have no idea what the op- – I'm going to come up for a word for this. But the Philadelphia Eagles drafted Miles Sanders with the 53rd overall pick. That is an early pick in the NFL draft. It's not like you're you're spending sort of like pennies on this guy. You are spending early draft capital on a guy after you would just – traded for Jordan Howard. I know it is a one-year contract left, but there's so many bodies in that backfield. We've seen them just utilize a running back by committee. I don't I, I don't know what to do with Jordan Howard now. If you're in the middle of a dynasty startup, I don't know what to tell you. I don't take him. I mean, you take him as a handcuff. And like, where does he fall? I have no idea. This is like, I, I I feel gross. I don't know. You have Jordan Howard. You've got Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, Josh Adams, Donald Pumphrey. I, what in the world do we, and now we add Miles Sanders. What are we doing? Philadelphia. I don't know what to tell you. I, I literally, I don't know. We've played this game before. Which running back is it going to be in Philadelphia? I don't know. But now we have another early round draft pick. And you know what? Jordan Howard, he's got less than $250,000 guaranteed in his contract. He has been paid. And if they want to cut him, goodbye. Uh, au revoir. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't trade. <laughs> they didn't trade an early round pick for him either. It was a fifth or what was it? Fifth or sixth? It doesn't I, it's fifth I don't care. Or six. I think it could be a fifth. It comes down to I don't which even won't. care. I don't care. I don't care. Goodbye, Jordan. Yeah, it's. it's I, been I've great. already discussed how I love Miles Sanders. See ya. I'm not going to draft Jordan Howard. Very passionate, especially not in redraft. <gasps> Stop it. Oh my goodness. I'm just she so is upset. very worked up. I'm not drafting Jordan Howard redraft. I will Goodbye. take him very, very late in Dynasty for a handcuff to Peace. Miles Sanders. Peace out. And yeah, she's just going to keep speaking. Down. <laughs> anyway. We're going to move on so that maybe we can <laughs> Please, shut. Yeah, call me down. Yeah, we can calm or <laughs> shut up, Kate. Sorry. That was the nice and then rude version of saying that. I think I shut her up. Are we good? Are you calm? Yeah. Are you so sad? Okay. My next pick is someone I really, really like. 
and it's very sad. It's Mike Davis. I was super high on him. Yeah, I, you were. I talked about him a couple of podcasts ago, how yeah, he's going did. to take some of Cohen's targets away. And mm-hmm. that made me a little bit nervous about Tariq Cohen and made me very excited about Mike Davis and his opportunities there, especially without Jordan Howard. But now they drafted David Montgomery. And it's not even about like David Montgomery's talent. I, 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 I'm still, I don't know how I feel about his talent coming out of college, but they moved up. They didn't have their first pick until the third round, right? So their very first pick was the third round, and they moved up to go get him. So they clearly feel very strong about his talent. They wanted him on the team. They wanted another running back. They didn't feel good about Mike Davis being their lead guy with Cohen being the pass-catching guy. They wanted someone else. And it makes sense because we've never seen Mike Davis in like a workhorse kind of role. Yeah, and that's why I really like Mike Davis because of his opportunity. I thought he could be really good in that role, but I understand a team not trusting him. So they pick David Montgomery, right? And he is also one of those backs that can run and catch the ball. So I don't see Mike Davis getting too many touches. It's not like Seattle that they'll just run, 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 run. Chicago likes to run, but it's not the same as Seattle. So I think Mike Davis goes to the backup role now. David Montgomery gets his chance. I still think it hurts Tariq Cohen in the same way I thought Mike Davis hurt Cohen because there's no reason to take him off the field like there was for Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard was just a totally different type of running back. He couldn't be reliable in the passing game, and that's why Cohen saw so many targets. Put in another pass catching back. And I think that still hurts him. So Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen are both hurt by that David Montgomery pick. I absolutely agree with you. And with my next pick, I'm going to take the winner of the draft here, Todd Gurley. The winner of the loser draft. (laughs) I was going to say. Let me clarify here. I was a little confused by that. Um, Yeah, the winner of the loser draft. My bold prediction on Twitter the other night was that the Rams would draft a running back in the second round. He came early third. All right. The, The... successor to Todd Gurley. No, Just your kidding. prediction was pretty awesome because I was like, there's no way. There's no way. And then they kept trading back in the second and kept trading back in the second. And then finally in the early third, they were like, yep, we'll take that running back there. It was pretty insane. It, it, Daryl Henderson, I, I don't know that his presence alone is enough to say that Todd Gurley is not going to be relevant in 2019. It's... He's not my biggest concern, but my biggest concern is why are you spending an early third round pick on a running back for like the backup to this guy that you just spent $60 million on? Like, it doesn't make sense to me if you really are that confident that he's going to be healthy in your offense moving forward. It's not even like they waited to the fourth or fifth round to get him. Like they took him early, early third round. They wanted someone. They were worried about the running back situation. You, you don't, don't you don't take the the backup role until at least I would say maybe late fourth, early fifth. You don't reach there if you really think Todd Gurley is going to be healthy and he's going to be your workhorse yeah. back. My concern is not about Todd Gurley the player, it is about Todd Gurley's knee. Yeah, that's the point is that it's not so much that they took a third round running back, right? To be a backup. Maybe other teams do that, but other other teams do not have Todd Gurley. Like Todd Gurley is 
amazing. They just paid him one of the, is he not the highest paid running back in the league? I'm almost positive he is. That's not a situation where you're like, okay, in their third early round pick, we need a running back. And they felt the need to do that. That's scary. And it's scary because of his knee. So how do you feel about that? I I think it's super scary. And I think Daryl Henderson is a good football player. So when you pair the fact that, like, yeah, he's a good football player going to a good team, he's backing up a good running back with a bad knee. Kate, can we just talk about his stats? I know. I know stats can lie, but they pump me up. 1,909 rushing yards on the ground. Oh, Lord. Wait, oh, my. Wait, no, this has to be a lie. His, <laughs> I'm just looking at these right now. I'm having a mini panic attack that <laughs> I didn't go up to go get him in our rookie draft. Guess how many rushing touchdowns this dude had. Can you just give me a number? I feel like it has to be a lie. I feel like I'm looking at something wrong. 20? Higher. No. Yes. Yes. 22. He had 22 rushing touchdowns. Where are you getting these stats from? 1,990 or 1,909 rushing yards. And then he also had 300 receiving yards with three touchdowns on top of that receiving. So that means he had 25 total touchdowns. I'm getting this from sports reference. It's the uh, college stats from I don't know where I pulled my stats from because I actually pulled lower stats than I that. am dying right now this Whoa. dude I get he was in a terrible conference I get that everyone don't come at me 8.9 average though for for rushing you have to be telling me that you you cannot tell me that Todd Gurley is not sitting there like holy shit like I better pick up my game my knee better not be hurt like but you don't know how he's going to feel in six months from now. <laughs> That's Todd what Gurley. he literally said is that he doesn't know I, how he feels in six months I'm from now. I'm not buying Todd Gurley in any dynasty startups. Not Sorry, I don't trust it. Moving on. Because he's going in the first no matter what. He's not falling out of that. Someone else can take him, Todd Gurley in the first. And um, I guess I'll be looking at Daryl Henderson. Yeah, as a late round buy. Absolutely. For sure. Oh, my goodness. 22 We got to fan touchdowns. ourselves off after that. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> Damn. That's um, crazy. Michelle, we are supposed to be family friendly. She dropped a couple Ds and an S. And... Oh, a D's okay. And an S is okay. Okay. You got to teach your kids some of the good words out there. Okay. Oh, my God. Anyway, Michelle, what is your next pick? All right, my, Try to beat Todd Gurley. Good luck. I'm not going to beat Todd Gurley. That was a great pick. I kind of wish I picked him earlier. If I looked at Henderson's stats before you went, he would have been my number one. Woo. Damn. All right. A.J. Brown is my next pick. Love him as a player. Mm-hmm. Hate the spot he went to. It's really sad. They couldn't do. They couldn't make Corey Davis a thing, right? Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans. So AJ Brown goes to the Tennessee Titans. Corey Davis, top ten pick, was supposed to be the next great thing. He hasn't done really anything. AJ Brown, I really, really like him. I think he could be a really solid slot receiver. They he just, could be on any other team. Any, I just don't yeah. trust him. I don't trust any wide receivers in the Titans offense as long as they've got Mariota under center. Yeah, me too. And it's Mariota's the biggest problem in this entire equation. And I'm sorry to say that. And I don't, 
It's not even about Mariota so much. He can't stay healthy. And then it's Tannehill, which is way worse. I don't know. I almost feel like Tannehill, like Tannehill has at least produced like productive slot receivers. We saw Jarvis Landry come out of Miami. Yeah. Who was throwing him the ball? That's true, at least. You're right there. But they just also signed Adam Humphreys, you know? Like, he's a slot guy. He was a very good slot guy in 2018 with Tampa Bay. So why bring him in? And then A.J. Brown, who's also known to be a slot guy. It'll be interesting. I don't love it. He's going too high for... He's still going high because of his name. A.J. Brown is a great talent. So he's not just going high because of his name. He's going high because of his talent coming out of school. But that landing spot is rough, man. Like, I'm just going to stay away. And it really stinks because I really love A.J. Brown. I wish he ended up being a Steeler, but he went to the Tennessee Titans. You know what's interesting? So for my next pick, I'm going to take a vet. And we sort of flip-flopped. I took all the... uh, Oh, my goodness. I'm seeing the the name right now, and I am, like, jumping up and down. (laughs) So Say it, say it, say it. Stop it. Stop it. Get off, get off my pick. Um, so my next pick is going to be George Kittle, another vet. So I did all the vets oh. this round, and I had all the rookies last round. We did not intend for this to happen, but now that I'm sort of looking at the names sort of plotted out in our Word document, I've realized. So, yeah, George Kittle. Ooh, I love tell George me about Kittle. This. I love mm. George Kittle. Stop it. Mm. Tell me about why he may s- struggle next year. You stop it. Um, Michelle has been like the anti. I'm not like, anti George Kittle. It you is are anti. You hate George Kittle. I am anti George Kittle in the third or early fourth round. Whatever. Anyway, George Kittle, you have been very adamant that you do not want any shares of George Kittle, no matter the cost. I didn't say no matter the cost. Just saying. Anyway, so in 2019, right, we finally get to see a competent quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, right? We get a healthy Dante Pettis. And then we get Debo Samuel. All right, okay. We get some wide receiver help. We we said that on the last podcast. We need some wide receiver help in San Francisco. Jalen Hurd, wide receiver, third round. All right, a little early, a little early. Okay, so we got two early round wide receivers. Okay, okay. Then we got Dante Pettis. Okay. Then we got Tevin Coleman. Oh shoot, he's a wide receiver, uh, running back. He's he's yeah. not a wide receiver. He's a he's a receiving running back though, and he can better receive. receiver than running back. Oh, absolutely. I, I think we all saw that last year. Jarek McKinnon, what's he good at? Receiving. Yeah. Um, out in 2018 with a, a torn ACL. He's making his way back this year. He he tore his ACL before the season even, so we really didn't get to see him in that offense. But he's had a full off season to recover. He's had a full NFL season to recover. 136 targets to Kittle in 2019, third among all of tight ends. Don't see that keeping up with this many bodies on the field. Sorry, I love George Kittle. He is a very strong and large man. Good luck. He is not seeing the same production. No. He saw in 2018. And that is what I keep repeating. And now all of a sudden, I am a George Kittle hater. It's don't draft him at his price of what he was in 2018. If he fell to the fifth or sixth, I might bite. Even, yes. Even that seems too, no, too high. No, no, no. Early, no. I'm totally, early fifth. I'm talking, again, I'm talking dynasty startup, so. 
He's never falling to that in Dynasty Startups. No. He's going late second, early third. Let's say everybody listens to this podcast and he falls to the fifth. Yeah, or oh, if he round. falls to the fifth. If he, yeah, if he fell to the fifth, I would grab him up. He's never falling to the sixth because someone like me would grab him in the fifth, even though I'm the lowest on him. I still think he's an easy top five tight end. I just... He's not going to do see the numbers he saw in 2018. People are drafting him as the numbers in 2018. That's how I see them drafting him as. It's late second, early third. Like he's just going to repeat his 2018 numbers. Not happening. Not he's even not. close. 100% no. If you draft him there, you're going to be upset. I, I just don't think he's going to return on that investment. It's not that he's go, not going to be a top tight end. It's that it, go get somebody else for your money. You know, go get a top-tier wide receiver, a top-tier running back, somebody that can just uh, give you a little bit more return on your investment here. Absolutely. All right. And before we close out today's show, I just want to take a moment to recognize one of our very own uh, Fantrax podcast partners here uh, on the network, the IDP guys, Scott Bogman and Gary Davenport. Are you tired of getting no points from your team defense and fantasy football? It sounds like it's a great time for you to step up and play IDP. Great news for you. We here at Fantrax have you covered with the individual defensive podcast. Bogman and Gary Davenport bring you the latest in IDP news every week. Stay tuned for their awesome hits. Find them over at iTunes. Hit that subscribe button. Um, and they're going to be giving you some great content. So you got to stay tuned for that throughout the fantasy season. And then this is sort of where we're going to leave it for today. We're going to be bringing you quarterbacks and tight ends later in the week, along with a very special dynasty mock startup draft with rookies. Last time we did it without, but we want to include rookies in our draft just to sort of show you where they're going, where we value them. Um, and, and that's coming soon this week. Our big announcement for this week, we're going to be doing twice a week episodes Rather than our once weekly episodes, we're going to be bumping up the the frequency. We want to get you guys as much content as possible. Now that we have some NFL news and notes and lots of lots of news to share, um, we're we're going to be giving you more. So please stay tuned. Follow me on Twitter at ffballblast, and I'm at ballblast m e m ballblast e m m m. Follow us on Twitter. Ask us whatever questions you need. Holler at us. Um, we did just set up a Patreon, so please check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash ballblast. Um, that really does just help us like get the best information for you, work our hardest, you know, like just get the best equipment to get you the best sound quality. Absolutely. Um, we're really trying to expand what we can bring you in 2019, and I hope this will be a a good stepping stone for us. So please check us out. Follow us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Subscribe. Do all that cool stuff, but don't share us with your friends or your league mates <laughs> because we're going to help you win a championship. So you can't you can't share all this good advice with everybody. So stay tuned to next week. We will see you guys later on. Later, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.